Well, hello, hello, and yet again, you have found Fika with Arctic Eric. And this is Arctic Eric thanking you again for meeting me here at the kitchen table. Today, it's part 10. Wow. The topic, the subject is deliverance. And uh, if you haven't listened to the nine parts before it, I suggest that you do because in a way they build upon each other. Today we're going to look at the uh, ministry of deliverance as we find it described in the book of Acts. And I like to think about the book of Acts as the activity of the person, the indwelling person of the Holy Spirit through the lives of believers, including the apostles. We've talked along the way that uh, deliverance for the sake of these chats here at the kitchen table, and by the way, I appreciate you taking the time to be here with me. We have that initial deliverance. We meet Christ. We are translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of God's love. And then there is a progressive deliverance that takes place in our life, setting us free from things, also called sanctification. And then uh, in the end of the series here, we're going to look at what we call power encounters, where uh, the, the name personal deliverance is often assigned to it. But we're now going to look at the power encounters in the book of Acts. So let's get going right here. We did see uh, the last time we were at the kitchen table, we looked at uh, encounters that Jesus had with those who were demonized in the Gospel of Mark. And we see that every time the demons were subject to Jesus and were forced to do as he commanded because he understood he was under authority and God and the power of the Holy Spirit were with him to set the captives free. Okay, the book of Acts, fascinating indeed. Let's look first in Acts chapter 5, verse 3. It says, But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? The mention of Satan here doesn't need to be taken as literally the person of Satan or the Satan himself, but most likely a reference to unclean spirits, fallen angels, and the like. And when we read, filled your heart, I think we need to think about it as an influence and not indicating the total control of Ananias or his wife by this deceiving, lying spirit. Now, the common term demonization in the New Testament includes the idea of to have an unclean spirit, to have an unclean demon, to be tormented with unclean spirits, and to be demonized. And in Acts, we'll also encounter the phrase such as tormented by unclean spirits or oppressed by the devil. For me, it seems likely that an Ananias permitted himself to be influenced by demons without surrendering total control to them. It's interesting that Peter did not cast any demons out of Ananias or his wife. Rather, they were immediately judged by God and fell dead. So that was unfortunately and certainly a power encounter. 
We know that uh, Ananias had full control of his money, it says so, but he chose to lie about it. You know, we just need to be honest. There are consequences, of course, in our lives of lying. Okay, let's go to Acts chapter 5, verse 16. It says, There was a multitude gathered from surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. So we can see that sick people and those tormented with unclean spirits are healed. In other words, being delivered, being set free, being set free from demonization and the torment of unclean spirits is a healing. It is also a deliverance, being set free. It's very clear here now, obviously we're in the book of Acts, that deliverance, the casting out of unclean spirits, the ministering to those who are demonized, did not cease with the death of Jesus Christ. In fact, when he was raised from the dead, he said, it's good for you that I leave you and go to the Father, because if I don't, the Spirit won't come. But when he comes... He'll do great and mighty things. The Spirit in us is that same power that raised Christ from the dead. The Spirit is that power behind the name of Jesus. In Acts 10, verse 38, it says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Peter gave a quick review of the gospel message that he gave to Cornelius, a Roman officer. Peter identified Jesus as the one who God anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. And this happened so that he could go around and do good and heal. And yet, of course, we know it was the Father in him who did the work. And he healed all who were oppressed by the devil. Amazing. The phrase that God was with him is significant because Jesus' power as he lived here, this, in the human life he lived, came from the Holy Spirit. And the flow of power was uninterrupted because God was with him and God is with us. You know, John tells us that Jesus said, because of the, and heard and understood in the intimate relationship John had with him, that he said, most surely, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but he does what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son does in the same way. And he goes on to say that it was the Father in him who did the good work, and it's God in us that does the power works. God is with us that his good will might be done not only for us and in us, but through us. And it's God's will that captivity be set free, that those in darkness come into the light, those who are under the influence, those who are demonized be set free, whosoever will. Now in Acts chapter 16, beginning at verse 16, we read this. Now it happened, as we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl, possessed with a spirit of divination, or demonized, met us. 
she had brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And he came out that very hour. There's some important things we can see in this demonized situation. First of all, it says this slave girl met us. I believe that she saw them on the way, just like the demoniac in Mark 5 saw Jesus and wanted to meet Jesus, and that this girl wanted to encounter Paul. She didn't really know why. In the beginning, that spirit in her began to torment Paul. The spirit did speak truth that they were proclaiming the way of salvation and that they were servants of the Most High God. But I think it's important to know that this spirit of divination that Luke is looking at here is a functional name for that spirit. This is the real deal. This spirit that was familiar with those people that were being uh, fortune-told to, was in fact giving this girl information from the spirit world in and through the spirit in her. And we can see that this functional name for the spirit, that there's other functional names. There's the spirit of fear. There's a mute spirit, a deaf and dumb spirit. There are many spirits identified. And we know when we think about the spirit of fear, God has said, I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. God's love, power, and soundness of mind will drive out fear. We have authority over fear in the name of Jesus Christ. It's interesting here we see also that Paul spoke to the spirit. He was addressing the spirit of this demonized girl. He wasn't addressing the girl. He also declares that he commands. Paul knew his authority that had been given to him in the name of Jesus to use the name of Jesus. He was aware of the source of his power and authority, and that's why when he said, I command you, it's in that power in the name of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul tells us that in Ephesians, he wants us to know the exceeding greatness of God's power toward us, in us, and through us who believe. How? According to the working of God's mighty power, which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated Christ at his right hand in heavenly places. Christ is far above all demonic principality and power, might and dominion. And that power is in us, the power to see captives set free. Oh my, to be seated in Christ in the heavenlies positionally and in a practical way that Christ in us wants to work through us to see freedom come to those around us. So he declares to this uh, spirit, come out of her. Listen, these spirits 
they want, prefer to live in human beings and try to take over the human personality to the extent that the individual allows it. Listen, the enemy is not greater than human will. But if we give ourselves over to a thought or a process and act upon it, then it can grow to the point where it is a stronghold in our minds. And Jesus came to set us free from that. And he wants us to be used by him to declare to demonize situations, come out. It's interesting, it says that very hour. And in my understanding, that doesn't mean instantaneously, although I'll be honest, some translations indicate so. Instead, that it, it may have taken some time. Now, we know the demons exercised or, or cast out by Jesus, uh, they weren't successful to resist him. But it can be in deliverance in the time in which we live that it, it does take some time. We, see in, we saw in Mark 9, 17 to 24, we get some instruction there that the father who brought his uh, son to the disciples to be freed, well, it didn't work out. But he said that this kind only come out by prayer and fasting. So, as powerful as demons are, of course, we know the name of Jesus is greater, but it means that you and I, we need to keep our eye upon Jesus in this process. We need to be praying to see what the Father clearly wants to do, listening to him. And then fasting doesn't focus on what we're fasting from. It focuses on the God that we're focusing, refocusing our eyes upon. And that's necessary. I can tell you subjectively from my trips to the Philippines and particularly India, I would fast for a period of time before I would leave on those journeys. It seemed to heighten things for me in the realm of seeing what the Holy Spirit was saying and wanting to do. It gave me a, a new closeness to the Lord for the purpose of proclaiming the gospel in India and seeing people set free. And we did. So we need to think about that. Well, it looks like we made it just about halfway through Acts, so I guess this is going to be part 10 Acts and then part 1 of part 10 of Acts. Nonetheless, thank you for being here with me at the kitchen table. It's been a joy. I want to pray the best prayer that I know, and that is this, that God's good, perfect, and acceptable will be done for you, in you, and through you today. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Good day.